I know, I know, season two is over, but what is not over is creativity. And also, this really special code, 20% off right this second at NathanMorrisMusic.com. Click any item and at checkout, type in NMM20. That is N as in Nathan, M as in Morris, M as in Music 20 for 20% off any shirt you purchase at NathanMorrisMusic.com, the official merch store. There is good stuff happening. You hold tight. I assure you to continue to meet you where you are and please meet me where I am on all the socials, like buying you something and then taking a picture of it and tagging me on Insta at Nathan Morris or saying something to me at Nathan Morris Music on TikTok and all the other fun places. January 20th, a new single releases, a new record in the works, soon to have a release date for that too. And then hold tight because season three is just around the river bend. You're loved far more than you could ever know. Thank you for all that you bring to this life because you are worthy. Head over to the store right now and grab you some swag. Code NMM20. You'll Die Trying contains sensitive subject matter and conversations surrounding death and dying and may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is respectfully advised. Triers, happy, happy day to you. It's me. It's YDT. Yes, it is. It, it really is. And really getting acquainted with and comfortable in the brand new studio cloud floating above. If you haven't seen the digs, head over to TikTok on your app. Yeah, just open it up and search for Nathan Morris Music and be sure to be following me. You'll be able to see this thing, this beautiful piece of art built by yours truly, not mine, but not, no, not me, but Brent. Suspended from the air, it's lighting with these beautiful recessed lights and there are font, V-O-N-T. Really proud of our recent partnership. Thanks, Vaunt amazing you download this app you can change the colors of the patterns of the mood of even dance to the music of lights pretty awesome check it out at nathan morris music on tiktok last week was pretty wild as soon as i finished recording and as soon as the podcast last week released I get a frantic phone call. This phone call was one that I knew would be coming one day. We all knew. And yet, we're not prepared for. Mm. You know, it's why we even started the pet business in the first place. And that's what this entire episode is about, is the story of why and what of course if you wish 
We want you to head to youldietrying.com right now and record yourself. Record yourself what? Record yourself saying the introduction to the episode of You'll Die Trying. We will be showcasing you, giving you a shout out as a way to say thank you for meeting me here at season two episode 155 of You'll Die Trying. And on the website, youldietrying.com, it even has the script so you can make sure you get it right. It's a show which pulls back the curtain, takes down the walls brick by brick and exposes the hearts, the true hearts of those who are caring for those you love most. (sighs) It's in the details. I can't believe that we experienced what we experienced and special thanks first off to Big Turkey Foot Coffee each and every episode of You'll Die Trying exclusively brought to you by the men and women of this delicious brown brew the roasters with the mosters get you a big old bag of that head over to NathanMorrisMusic.com. Grab you some swag, some tees, some words matter. T-shirts, they do matter. One of my biggest and most exciting things, hopes, is to walk through an airport soon and to see you rocking a tee with your AirPods in listening to an episode of You'll Die Trying or listening to Yet, the brand new single that was just released on Spotify or Apple Music or wherever you get your music and all the other content, that would be the best of the best. And I would take all the pictures, all the pictures. But that's my hope. Head over to NathanMorrisMusic.com, grab you a t-shirt and help me fulfill my dream, my destiny. And of course, EFF, Express Funeral Funding. Yes, we have a lot of abbreviations. YDT, NMM, EFF, MFS, Express Funeral Funding. Our friends assisting us on the back end, working alongside the insurance companies in order to assign insurance policies and proceeds from said policies to cover the balance due of a funeral celebration so that on the front end, the most important end, there's not that looming balance due and funeral directors can do what they do best, which is assist, support, create, curate, work alongside these families and making sure a meaningful celebration and farewell is carried out because this loved one who we are celebrating on the front end and most important end is deserving of such while on the back end, EFF works tirelessly to see to it that the balance due is covered. Head over to expressfuneralfunding.com and learn how EFF can assist you and your funeral home just like they assist MFS. That's Morris Family Services. I love it. I love hearing people, different walks of life, and you all submitting yourselves saying the introduction. And it's really special to me. And I thank you, all of those who are participating, youldietrying.com and uploading their introduction. I had just gotten married and I inherited these two Maltipoos, Max, who was older, and Charlie, who was the younger, smaller of the two Maltipoos. Now, Max had more of a Maltese in him 
and he had this almost orangish brown strip on his back as if he were a skunk, but not. But that's what I'm trying to paint. And he was so brilliant, and he had these eyes as if he were a human looking at you. He and I were very, very close. And then there is Charlie. Charlie, more of a poodle. His tail, jokingly, did not work. Now, Megan picked out Max before me, long before me, and then Charlie was somewhat picked out for her. The breeder brought to her this tiny little malty poo technically is one year younger than Max and Max's nephew. And on the shoulder, he sat as if he were a tiny parrot. I still don't think little Charlie knows what he is. He's a goob, a goon, and a spaz. And it's probably amazing and divine how people are crossed paths with their furry friend. If you're a pet lover, then you probably get it. It's almost as if they pick you or the stars make sure that they pick you. It's very beautiful and unique. And there's something special there. And if you don't own pets, if you don't believe in pets or that you don't give a damn about them, then you probably would never understand this. And that's okay. This is speaking to those who love our pet, two-legged, four-legged, bird, fish, rabbit, family members. They are family. I remember actually long before even meeting Megan, I would be at tailgates at the University of Kentucky and see this lady on a swing with these two dogs and our circles intertwined, Megan and ours, and yet we didn't know each other. But I remember those dogs long before those dogs were, were my dogs and a part of my life. And Fast forward, working at the funeral home and having a conversation one day because this is long before children and pets to a lot of family members who either their kids are gone or have not had any kids or are single, living a life of more quiet and solitude. They love their pets like children and family. And the question arose, what's going to happen when Max and Charlie are no longer with us? And in the funeral profession that we're in, of course, that's a natural question and thought to have. Well, damn it. It didn't exist. I did research on it. The closest place was Louisville, Kentucky or Nashville, Tennessee. So I made it a point to start a pet cremation service in Owensboro, Kentucky. And what I mean by that is literally create a funeral-type experience for those who are grieving the loss of their pet. Private cremation, a selection of urns or keepsakes, or even casket and traditional burial, with us even digging the grave of the loved one for the family member who may be too old, too feeble, or just not able because of the grief they're experiencing. They are family. We even created a space where the halls were lined with pictures of our friends and their companions so there could be stories along the way. And I believe that that was the moment 
that I really, really honed in on business. This was 100% funded independently of the funeral home we were working. Meaning it wasn't going to be something that my father-in-law would financially carry. It was going to be gritty and tough and word of mouth and all the things. And we were going to do it. I hired a consultant who specialized in this. In larger cities, this service is thriving, but in smaller towns and cities, it's a tough sale. I remember we were up and running a pet crematory, a location, colors on walls, keepsakes, partnerships, all of those things. And we were pounding the pavement to offer a service, a dignified, reverent service to families of pets who they love as family, which they are during their time of grief and sadness and loss. We would offer dignified transfers from the place of death, whether home or veterinarian, just like on the human side. We would meet with families. We would have them sign off on cremation paperwork. We would offer them urns as stated, and we would give them the experience. And beautifully enough, over time, the word of mouth spread and the families served because of such incredible experiences started to choose our funeral home. It's real. If you take care of my four-legged loved one and I had a great experience, then I'm going to come to you and pre-plan my personal wishes. I mean, it's a beautiful thing. And so that conversation in 2012 turned into a viable and legitimate business, all because we believed that there needed to be a service for families who love their animals just as much as we love Max and Charlie. The first year, we served 66 families. I'll tell you right now, that does not cash flow. Talk about a major loss. And again, it was on us. We were throwing in every paycheck to keep it alive because we believed in it. We believed in it. And then, fast forward a few more years, we we went from 66 to 132 and 244. And I mean, I remember these numbers and then we doubled and went to over 500 and it got to the point where it was crazy. Well, we had all this real estate at the funeral home. We moved the pet crematory from a building in which we were leasing to a building which we own. And on account of 11 inches, we were out of compliance you see, there's all these different tracts, T-R-A-C-T, of land in downtown Owensboro. And a lot of times in the 1900s, instead of you know shooting each other, they would just put essentially restrictions on properties, competing business owners. They literally would buy property right adjacent to their competitor and put a restriction on it. And we were out of compliance on 11 inches so we would had to have get a rezone and we had put this crematory in there in this area and we're out of compliance so we had to shut the crematory down yet day in and day out we did not stop services we would transfer at a loss because the heart and the passion was there we would transfer our pet loved ones from our Owensboro location and drive nearly an hour to an Indiana location who did have a pet crematory. 
We literally were robbing Peter to pay Paul, taking money from the left hand and putting it in the right and passing it to someone else. Not showing a profit for nearly a year and a half just to keep the business going. And we believed in it. We started it for Max and Charlie. This time we have kids. We made another move later on, which... We moved the crematory for, yes, another time to an area that was zoned 100% properly. There would be no rezoning or need to. And we were fully operational and it grew to the point of 15, 20 families being cared for a day. Yes, from 66 in one year to that many in just a single day ran by us and family because pets are family. And beautifully enough, there was this time at which Max became ill. He got into some fertilizer for plants. And the way that it smelled, it smelled like a bunch of poop and dogs being dogs. Max ingested it became very sick and his organs began to fail. We spent everything we could to save him. And Dr. Gray did her best and that was not going to be enough to keep him alive and with us. And then we had a few days left with Max. Charlie being Charlie is oblivious. Charlie at this point, we call him Diaper Charlie, Diaper, Diaper Charlie. He, you know, he's kind of a leaker. He just wants to be in a nursing home, I guess. And he had to have a diaper put on him. By this point, we have four kids and three of them in diapers. So it was really easy to find them. Max was on his last few days and moments. So he was driven around, he was given special treats, he was taken in car rides and to special places and carried everywhere. At this point, he could not walk. And Dr. Gray came on a Saturday and he got to be at home and he died peacefully at home in the arms of those who love him. And immediately we took Max to a place that we know tender care will be carried out, and that is our own. And Max was received, and it was full circle that Max, beloved Maltipoo, was able to be cared for because in 2012 made the decision to start a pet service because what happens when one of our loved ones dies? We need to do this for them as well as the other families who feel the same. Max or Maximus sits in this beautiful urn. And then Charlie. <laughs> At this time, we have moved to a new house. Charlie has forever been inferior to Max. He is the dominant one. But now Charlie is living his best life. Charlie has never been a wanderer, and he wanders a little bit. He pops up on some neighborhood Facebook groups. He literally jumps in the back of a FedEx truck and the FedEx driver is driving out of the neighborhood to another stop and this tiny little Maltipoo comes up to her seat and she has to turn all the way around and find the address that's 
affixed to his collar and knock on our door and say, your dog (laughs) snuck into the truck. Charlie wandered only for a bit at this new house, our current home, because he found his party spot. And that is our next door neighbors, the Browns. They have this awesome backyard. And when we first moved in, we were told, oh my gosh, they're so loud. And they are obnoxiously partying all the time. And that's nothing but false. They're amazing human beings and they do play the music loud, but we love it and embrace it. And we like it a lot. And Charlie apparently did too. Charlie wanders over there one day and the rest is history. Next thing we know, Charlie has his own bed over there, his own cover, his own food bowl and water bowl and treats, all the Slim Jims, all the Slim Jims. In the morning, first thing, Charlie stands at the bottom of the kid's high chair and hopes that Navy or Bear will drop some morsel of food. And if that is not successful, he stands at the door, Charlie, to be let out. Diaper, of course, has to be removed. Sometimes, sometimes not. It didn't matter. Charlie was just going to do his thing. He would wander over to Kurt's and stay there all day and night until around 11 or 12 and wander back. And this happened for a year, back and forth, living his best life. It was not uncommon to see pictures pop up on Facebook or Insta or Snap and, you know, some party that's being had, some lovely lady or guy is dancing with Charlie in hand. (laughs) Charlie in his sweater or Charlie who had a perpetual smile. It's true. The dog just smiles. He's a goob. He would do this noise and he would go, hi, 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 hi. It was, uh, it was annoyingly endearing. I'm glad that we started that pet business, that pet business that cared for Max has ultimately had the torch passed to an incredible company out of Canada who has come into the United States and taken over a lot of pet care providers, much like what we're doing on the funeral home side. That's what they specialize in. And we knew that we were growing so rapidly at the funeral homes that we needed a heart to really propel the pet service into another direction and an incredible direction. And so Gateway came and has since taken over and has done a tremendous job. And I just finished recording the podcast last week and you heard it and the call comes in and I drive home with my hazards on because I realized as I'm having cars honk at me and I'm driving in the turn lane. Oh my gosh, we're handling this the way we would a human loved one. And it's Charlie. We couldn't find him all day and we did. We ultimately found him. Charlie had fallen in the pool at Kurt and Stacy's, the home he visited daily. The route he took, he could walk with his eyes closed the fluke of it all. It was just such a fluke. I fly into Kurt's driveway, drive into their backyard around their house, and I jump out of the vehicle. Clothes still on. I jumped in the pool, open my eyes underwater, and swim to the bottom in one breath and grab Charlie, who is lifeless on the bottom, and bring him to the top. 
I'd gently lie him on the concrete next to the pool. By this time, as I'm getting out, drenched, soaked, my shoes, my pants and shirt, Anderson walks over and I said, it's okay, bud. Can you please go get a bath towel? And he runs and gets a bath towel and I dry Charlie off and I wrap him and I just hold him and I walk him next door and everyone, including the kids, know something's up. Even our one-year-old, Navy, three, and Everett, seven, Anderson, eight. They're seeing everyone really upset and they don't like it. And Charlie is forever asleep. Charlie is, Charlie is dead in my arms and each one of us has our time bare as I place Charlie in his favorite bed, wrapping him in his favorite blanket, Bear is literally lying his head on Charlie's and saying night-night. Navy saying mommy sad. Everett and Anderson asking if everything's okay. And I hate that that happened. And honest statements that children tend to make, whether they're said during the appropriate time or not, the reality of it all is, yes, Charlie fell into the pool. Yes, Charlie died. Yes, I'm wet because I jumped in after him because I wanted to get to him quick. I wasn't going to use a net or a brush. I was going to use my hands, and I did. Now, I recalled why we started the pet business in the first place. And it was that moment I realized it's because we grieve our pets and we love our pets so very much. And a lot of times people choose cremation for their pet because they may move. They may live in an apartment or a condo or their house is not their forever. Well, that house being our forever, I took Charlie in his bed, wrapped in his favorite blanket, up the hill to my favorite spot of the house in the back corner next to a fire pit that I have hand dug myself. I, under a tree, meticulously dug a 36 by 36 inch, perfect square, 24 inches deep. We said a lot of loving things to him and I, Recall saying something to the effect of, I dug this digging through roots and under this tree because it's the least I could do for my lack of being able to love you as perfectly as you love the entire family. I pet him and loved on him for some time and the boys came up the hill for one final Farewell, as did Megan, and I respectfully covered him, and then I placed gently the dirt that I spent hours digging out back over top of him, just as we would at a cemetery for a loved one in their casket. I did the same for Charlie because I remember back in 2012 when that question was asked, what are we going to do when our dogs die? It was a full circle moment. We 
completed what we said we would do. We showed an act of love to our pet family member just as we said we would. I stare up the hill every time I am outside. I still see the mound. We kept his collar. His collar is actually a bow tie. Our pet loved ones are our family. They are worthy to be cared for. I made a little video over at Nathan Morris Music on TikTok. Follow me there. Follow me at Nathan Morris on Instagram. Check me out on YouTube, Nathan Morris online. And thanks for all of you who meet me where I am and who support others. This is the end of 17-year-old dog story. Pretty amazing that Charlie indirectly chose this family. Night, you bear. <laughs>